All right, Ocasio-Cortez has tried to defund the Iron Dome, has literally tried to defund, to remove $1 billion of funding to the Israelis' Iron Dome, the Israeli missile defense system. How dare the Israelis have a right to defend themselves, to protect themselves from terrorist rockets. Uh, we'll tell you all about that coming up. All right, so now the left is accusing Joe Biden. You got to love this. They're accusing Biden of being a racist. Why? What, what did Biden do that's racist? Well, what did he do lately that's racist? Because we know his past is history. But Biden is deporting, not Biden, whoever's controlling Biden, is deporting people of color and specifically Haitians. So if you deport illegals who are coming across the border illegally and they happen to be people of color, then you're a racist. But don't you just love, and I'm going to actually defend Biden here. Yes, very rare situation. I'm actually defending President Biden. You have a right to enforce the law and protect the border. If the if you're enforcing the law and the people breaking the law, in this case, the Haitian migrants, if they happen to be people of color, that does not make you a racist. But the real story here is that don't you love it when Democrats call other Democrats racist? And especially it's so poetic because this is exactly what Biden did to Trump. Biden referred to Trump, accused Trump of being a racist. He lied about Trump's comments in, in Charlottesville and so many other times where they lied and, and, and spread this, this fake narrative about Trump being a racist. So isn't it beautiful? And especially because of his tough border policies. So now Biden's the one who's actually enforcing the law and securing the border. Not not really. He's not really doing it very much. But the little p pitiful amount that he's doing, and he's accused of being a racist. By the way, Jen Psaki says it's not called deporting. When Biden does it, it's not called deporting. Well, why, Jen Psaki? Why is it not called deporting? Because they came across illegally. So it's not called deporting when they came across illegally. Well, isn't that really totally rewriting the rules to suit your own personal needs? Because how dare the Biden people actually deporting, be deporting illegals. And, you know, we'll get to all the details coming up about the Haitian migrants, but you realize this administration just goes from crisis to crisis. I mean, this is such an embarrassment. Even the media has totally turned on Biden. This is objectively speaking, uh, forgetting all, all, all of us and the fact that we can't stand Biden and his policies, but objectively speaking, anybody looking at this uh, sees that this is the worst start the worst first year for a president in U.S. history. I mean, the year's not even over yet. I mean, it's only September, and yet this is the absolute worst uh, beginning, worst first year for a president in U.S. history. And speaking of Biden, did you notice that he fell asleep? Did you see the video where a few weeks ago he was speaking with Naftali Bennett in the White House, and he actually fell asleep? And you have these media headlines. media is comical because the media headlines, Netanyahu, because there's a firestorm because Netanyahu actually put something posted about this on Facebook about Naftali Bennett putting Biden to sleep. And Netanyahu was actually making fun of Naftali Bennett, who, of course, is his arch rival in Israel. But uh, Netanyahu was sort of pointing out how boring Bennett must be, although I don't know how boring you need to be for Biden to fall asleep on you. You might be very riveting and very interesting, and Biden still might just be time for his nap. But uh, so, so Biden falls asleep, and then the headlines, and we'll get to that, but the, the headlines then say in The Hill and other places, New York Times, Netanyahu suggests Biden fell asleep when meeting with Bennett. Netanyahu suggests, suggests, I mean, there's video evidence here to quote somebody on Twitter. This is not a suggest, like you just watch the video. No, his eyes weren't closed. He was just looking down. This is the people defending Biden. And by the way, it's not even that big a deal. It's a big deal because they know that Biden is in such severe decline and that he just he's just in way over his head. And like Trump would never fall asleep meeting with a foreign leader. But like, let's say Trump actually fell asleep. Let's say he was really tired. He fell asleep meeting with a, with a foreign leader. Like, it just wouldn't bother me so much. But like, they're bending over backward to try to defend 
the indefensible. It's on video. No, he's he's looking down, and his eyes, they look closed because they're mostly closed because he's deep in thought. I mean, are you kidding me? All right, so Elon Omar actually wants the Senate to break the rules, wants the Democrats. He is suggesting, recommending to Chuck Schumer that he actually break the Senate in order to pass immigration reform. She doesn't want to follow the filibuster rules. I mean, the reconciliation rules. Can you imagine if this were Trump? Imagine if this were anybody on the right, and especially imagine if this were Trump saying, you know what, just ignore the rules. The Senate parliamentarian uh, announces the rules and says you cannot include these things in your package because it can't pass with 50 votes because they're very, very tight restrictions about how to get get around the filibuster. But that Elon Omar doesn't care. Elon Omar doesn't care about the rules. Remember Obama? Oh, you know, it's so annoying how we have to go through like the whole process like of checks and balances and we need approval from Congress. So annoying. Obama basically complaining about how annoying it is that you need to go through Congress. Those founding fathers, their rules were so annoying. So here you have the filibuster, which is not technically in the Constitution, but it's a rule that's been around for like hundreds of years in the Senate and everybody follows it. And Elon Omar says, well, it's inconvenient, so let's break it. You cannot make this stuff up. And if this were Trump, I mean, it would be all over. I mean, they'd, they'd literally be impeaching Trump over this, saying that Trump is trying to literally breach Congress and trying to undermine the government and undermine the Constitution. But Elon Omar does it and nobody blinks. And in fact, the media, I think, wants wants them to to, to listen to her so that they can pass immigration reform. So here are the details. Democrats are trying to pass this massive spending bill, this massive package, $3.5 trillion spending package, and they want to stuff this bill with a bunch of liberal, socialist, wishless items like immigration reform, which you know they have no prayer. You know, they've tried all these executive orders on immigration reform. They get shot down by the courts. So they're desperate to get it passed by Congress, which is something they cannot agree on. Congress cannot pass immigration reform. Both sides say it's it's desperately needed, but they refuse to come together. And I don't blame the Republicans necessarily because the Democrats they want very, very extreme radical reforms. So let's just stuff it into a spending package to a budget bill and let's hope it can pass with only 50 vote votes. The problem is the filibuster rules, reconciliation, all of that stuff, which again, we're not going to get into the weeds on that because it's just tedious stuff, very boring, very technical things. But the Senate parliamentarian, who's, is not, who is nonpartisan, the Senate parliamentarian, she says that you can't stuff immigration reforms into this $3.5 trillion spending package. Now, Elon Omar says, so what? She said to Chuck Schumer and to other Democrat leaders, she says, just ignore the rules. Just ignore the parliamentarians. So basically, just literally ignore the law. We need to pass it. We need our agenda passed, moved forward over here, advanced on immigration reform. And here's what they essentially want to put, these provisions. Among other things, they want to provide legal status and amnesty and citizenship for millions of undocumented illegals who are brought into the country as children. So they basically want amnesty for millions of people. And of course, those people are going to end up being Democrat voters. But that's not the real agenda over here or anything. Nothing too nefarious. Let's not cast dispersions on the Democrats. But they want to break the Senate rules, pass their radical agenda, avoid the filibuster. I guess then it would be fought out in the courts. And I have no doubt that the courts would rule that this was illegal and strike it down. But then again, maybe not. Maybe you get an Obama judge or you get a Clinton judge, somebody who would actually uphold this thing. And that's what Elon Omar is saying. She's saying, go for it. Let's pass it. Let's ignore the rules. Maybe the lawsuit gets chucked out or maybe there is no lawsuit or who knows what kind of technicality can happen. But just imagine if it were Trump. Imagine if it were the Republicans saying, you know what, just ignore the rules, ignore the Senate parliamentarian. I mean, the, the media would be having an absolute meltdown. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're listening to Elon Omar. I think they, they are going to remove it from this bill, hopefully. All right, Vice President Kamala Harris has called the COVID crisis 
an opportunity, an incredible opportunity. You cannot make this stuff up. Once again, we had Biden doing this last week, calling a crisis an opportunity. He was talking about the climate. And this is what Democrats, they don't even realize. It sounds so pathetic. I mean, it just sounds insane where, wow, look at this crisis. What an opportunity. Oh, the climate crisis, what an opportunity to create jobs and spend a lot of money. I mean, and Kamala Harris here. Oh, COVID, the crisis, what an opportunity this presents. And it's like, don't you realize, like, this is a tragedy. This is heartbreaking. This is something, like, we should all feel bad for. Yes, we have to step in, but it's not an opportunity. Millions and millions of people getting sick, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Americans dying from COVID. This is an opportunity. I'm going to read you the tweet here from Kamala Harris, quote, As we rebuild from this crisis, we have an incredible opportunity to invest in and strengthen the middle class, leading us into a second half of the 21st century with a stronger, more equitable America. I mean, we're not even close to the second half of the 21st century. I assume she knows what year it is. But um, as we rebuild from this crisis, we have an incredible opportunity to invest in and strengthen the middle class. That's how it never it's literally Rahm Emanuel never let a good crisis go to waste. And this is these sound bites, these tweets, these quotes where they're literally saying this. They look at COVID and they say, oh, wow, let's spend tons of money on the middle class. Okay, we have our we have our pretense now. We have our excuse because we can basically spend trillions of dollars. Well, how are you, how, how you going to find the money? COVID. Oh, it's COVID. So we don't have to find the money. We could just borrow trillions of dollars. We could just get ourselves into even more, more and more debt. By the way, the, the debt ceiling hike is being debated now. Democrats are trying to hike the debt ceiling, raise the debt ceiling because we're out of we're out of money. We can't keep borrowing unless they raise the debt ceiling. You know, and eventually it's going to pass. It always passes. But the Republicans are trying to leverage it and trying to get things that they want because they're needed in order to pass the debt ceiling hike. So we're going to keep an eye on that probably in the next show. But um, this is how they look at it. Well, let's invest trillions and trillions of dollars. Well, why? Uh, because COVID crisis. So we have an opportunity. But it's trillions of dollars. We have we're thirty trillion dollars in debt. The, the the budget deficit is out of control. COVID. It's COVID. We're allowed to spend however much we want. That is literally what Kamala Harris is saying over here. That's how they look at the world. It's it's pretty sick if you ask me. All right. So the House has passed a bill. Basically, the socialists, as I told you earlier, the squad: Ocasio Cortez, Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley. They tried to stop funding, $1 billion in funding to Israel uh, to support the Iron Dome system and to replenish the Iron Dome missile defense system, which is an amazing system. It saves Israeli lives. It saves Arab lives, Palestinian lives. I mean, it just saves so many. It's just so beneficial. And, And what does it do? Very simple. It prevents terrorist rockets, Hamas rockets, Islamic Jihad, terrorist rockets from falling down in Israeli territory and harming and killing Israeli civilians and and Arabs, by the way, because there's millions of Arabs in it living in Israel who are who are protected by the Iron Dome. But either so, it's like they don't even want to help their own. These you know, Elon Omar doesn't want to help her fellow Muslims and Rashida Tlaib. But either way, here's what happened, and eventually it passed. They did pass it as a standalone. I'll explain a little bit here. They passed it as a standalone bill, this one billion dollar package funding the Israeli Iron Dome system. But no thanks to the squad. The squad tried to actually stop this from passing, and then they voted it down. They voted against it. Although uh, although most Democrats and I think all Republicans, virtually every Republican voted in favor of this thing. But the point, the the, the frightening part here is more that the squad actually is so influential that they almost prevented this $1 billion from being sent to Israel, or at least they got close. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi needed a lot of strategies and kind of, you know, a lot of different maneuvers in order to get this thing passed. And what that tells you is how influential 
the leftists are, the socialists are, AOC, Ocasio, and the squad are in the Democrat Party. You know, the, the media keeps trying to tell us, oh, no, Ocasio and the socialists, that wing of the party, you know, they're extremists. Remember, Pelosi made fun of AOC. Uh, a, a, a coffee cup with a D on it could win, could win in, her, in, in her district. Any Democrat could win in her district, which may have been true. But what she's not telling you is, you know what? These people, they have a very, very large following, and they're very vocal, and the media adores Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar and uh, worships them, and, uh, and, and they are extremely influential. So what they said was, originally this was part of that $3.5 trillion spending package. That $3.5 trillion spending package that we told you about earlier, that included this, this $1 billion. It includes all sorts of different funding. And um, I, believe, I believe it was in that bill. It, was in, it added to some bill. I think it was that large bill, $3.5 trillion spending bill, and they included the $1 billion amongst many, many, many other expenses. And what happened was the socialists, the squad, said, you know what? We're not going to support this bill. We're actually going to vote down this bill. Now, they need every single Democrat, of course, because there's such a slim margin in the House. They needed every single Democrat to vote in favor of this bill. So they were basically threatening to shut down the entire spending package. That's what happened. So now Pelosi had to pull, as a result of that, pull the Iron Dome billion-dollar funding out of that bill— create a standalone bill, and that standalone bill now Republicans can vote, because if Republicans do support Israel, they're not going to vote in favor of the $3.5 trillion package just for the Iron Dome $1 billion, but essentially they made it a standalone bill, so now it got it got overwhelming support. Eight, there were only eight votes against it, I think seven votes no, and there were like over 400 votes in favor of this billion-dollar spending package for the Iron Dome. There were like eight votes against, or like seven against, and then one mark, one, one vote was present which is just totally gutless, if you ask me. Ocasio actually voted present. So you have uh, Ayanna Presley and Elon Omar voting against this thing, Rashida Tlaib voting against this $1 billion, and, and Ocasio voted present that she was like in tears. She was like crying on, on, on the House floor. I don't know exactly why, but you know it really is just horrifying that this is not unanimous. And you actually had uh, you know pro-Israel Democrats who were sort of blasting the squad, the members of the squad, the radicals, because the radicals were actually on the House floor saying vicious things about Israel, vicious anti-Semitic things about Israel. So this is anti-Semitism. This is plain and simple anti-Semitism. Number one, they're accusing Israel of horrible, horrible atrocities, of war crimes, of human rights violations, literally accusing Israel of, like, abusing the Palestinians. I mean, can you believe it's, it's Hamas and it's the PA, Palestinian Authority, and it's their own government. They're the ones who abuse them, and they're the ones with the human rights violations. It's not the Israelis. The Israelis do everything they can to try to help the humanitarian crisis, help solve it, even though they have no need to because it's the Palestinians. It's their enemy. It's, it, it's literally the terrorists that the Israelis are trying to help. Think about that. But uh, then you had other Democrats, moderate Democrats, pro-Israel Democrats, who were who were blasting the squad and saying, what are you talking about? Israel's the only democracy. Is The Israelis are the good guys. By the way, you have millions of Arabs living on Israeli soil free to walk around. They literally, they have a right to vote. I mean, Arabs in Israel have a right to vote. There's no such thing, nothing even remotely like that in any of the Arabic countries. I mean, whether it's Saudi Arabia, Qatar, you know, UAE, even the ones that are more moderate and have diplomatic relations with Israel right now, thanks to Trump, by the way, and Kushner, still Jews don't have a right to go, to, to walk freely through the streets and not be worried about persecution and to actually vote and actually have a say you know, in government, and even if they do, it's just it's just a sham. Um, so, so it's very, very, very uh, horrifying that you have Democrats literally on the House floor accusing the Israelis of being racist and bigots, and it and it's pure anti-Semitism, plain and simple. Period. Now, number two, you know, the main argument was that this is a defense system. You know what? 
we're not funding the Israeli weapons. We're not funding the Israeli rockets and missiles. We're we're, def- we're 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 funding a defense system. The Israelis have a right to defend themselves. That's not that's true, but that's not the point here. The the defense should be, in other words, the reason you're funding Israel because Israel is the United States' number one ally in the Middle East. Probably the United States' number one ally anywhere. The Israelis are the good guys, the only good guys in the Middle East. I mean, they're constantly thwarting Iran and thwarting all sorts of horrible attacks, and they're and and they're constantly. Uh, you know, attacking the Iranian uh, nuclear facilities, which nobody else is, is brave enough to do. And, and, and the Israelis, there are so many terror attacks around the world. The Israelis are the, always the ones that alert the Europeans. The Mossad finds out that there are terror attacks happening in France and other places. And these are countries don't even support Israel, don't even like Israel. And yet the Israelis are always helping them. In, in addition to that, you know, Israel is protecting themselves from terrorists. I mean, literally, you're accusing Israel of somehow being the bad guys, cracking down on Muslims and on Arabs. I mean, are you kidding me? The Israelis, it's all self-defense. It is all self-defense. And as I said, look how much influence the squad had on the mainstream of the party over here, where, they, where Pelosi actually had to pull the billion dollars in funding out of the the larger spending bill and put it into a standalone bill because they have a lot of influence. They're not afraid to wield it. They're not afraid to use it. And they're very vocal. And and, and I'm telling you, they're only getting more and more influential. These um, beliefs, these This agenda of of Ocasio and Tlaib and the others, Ilan Omar, these vicious anti-Semites, it used to be a very, very fringe group. Maybe there'd be like one member of Congress at most, maybe not even, and anybody spoke, spoke like this publicly, and they would be shot down by the Democrats. They would literally be relegated all the way to the fringe of the party. I mean, they'd be looked at as just being kooks. They'd really be looked at as being lunatics and kooks. And now suddenly... They're like worshipped, and suddenly they're party leaders. So that is very, very frightening. All right, so Haitian migrants have been coming across the border in droves, and now they're accusing Biden. Biden's actually deporting. And now they're not really deporting, as we're going to explain. It's a removal process, and that removal process is really a sham. Peter Ducey, in, in questioning Jen Psaki, Peter Ducey of Fox, Fox News, he actually you know, got her to basically admit that it's a sham. The removal proceeding, they don't actually remove them from the country. They, uh, you know, they basically free them in, into the country, but say we're removing them. We ask them to come back for a hearing. The whole thing's just a joke. But, uh, but officially, they're deporting Haitians, and the Democrats don't like that, don't appreciate that. Ayanna Presley, we mentioned before, she's she's sort of part of the uh, the squad, and uh, she's actually bashing Biden and calling Biden. I believe it was Ayanna. No, maybe I'm getting mixed up. Maybe it was Rashida Tlaib. But Ayanna Presley, I think, was was the one on the House floor who was um, blasting Israel, accusing Israel of being an apartheid state. But I believe it was Rashida Tlaib. Either way, it's all the same. Tlaib essentially said that if Black Lives Matter, then you cannot be deporting people of color. I mean, so that's it. Well, that, well, but they broke the law and they committed a crime by crossing the border illegally. Well, that doesn't matter because they're people of color. So what by that logic, like if people of color commit other crimes, if they do drugs or if they steal or if they murder, you can't put them in jail because you're cracking down on people of color. So I guess that somehow makes you a racist. But this is the twist of logic. Remember, Trump had to deal with this for four years. He was accused of being a racist. So and then they're spreading all sorts of lies, accusing Border Patrol of using whips on these people. And uh, they're they're spreading around pictures, which is fake news, a fake narrative, because there were no whips that were used. They don't even have whips, by the way. But um, so they're literally trying to demonize these Border Patrol agents, make them look like monsters, as we're going to explain. But the beauty of this is that Biden is now accused of being a racist. Remember, Biden launched his campaign. So let me give you the details over here. Haitian, Haitian migrants, um, thousands and thousands of them. The estimates are 15,000 of them. And as I said, they, they, they're literally being allowed to stay in the country, but they're officially being removed because it's removal proceedings. We're going to get them somehow to come back to, for a hearing and then 
deport them. But we don't call it deporting, Psaki said, because um, they're in the country illegally, so that's called de- deporting. Well, under Trump, that was called deporting. But you you know you can't use the word deporting if you're Biden because then then that makes you a racist, right? Then 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 you're not then then you don't have an open borders policy, which they clearly don't. And I'm going to defend Biden on this. He's actually he actually has a right for for a rare change. But um, either way, the border is such a mess that he gets zero credit because the border is a total disaster and is all clearly clearly rooted in in Biden's policies reversing all of Trump's amazing border policies. Now, so in Haiti, there are very bad conditions in Haiti. And, but what happened here is these migrants have been traveling through Mexico for months. So the migrants that are arriving right now, they actually left months ago when uh, the Biden administration announced some sort of amnesty for Haitians who are living in the United States. That acted as a as a border magnet, of course. And then many more Haitians decided, all right, well, let's go to America. So they, they actually left Haiti. You know, they, they're coming to Del Rio, Texas. Del Rio, Texas is, is nowhere near Haiti. But they actually left Haiti months ago, and they've been traveling through Central America. So it's not like... They, you know, there was an earthquake recently that ravaged Haiti. There was a presidential assassination, gang violence. I mean, so Haiti's in very, very bad shape. I'll give you that. But, and, it was, and it's always been in bad shape for a very long time. But these migrants, they left before the earthquake. So they're not even coming here as part of the crisis in Haiti right now. The, and as a result, Biden is actually deporting them, at least officially deporting them. The ambassador to Haiti, his name, I believe, is Daniel Foote. He actually resigned in protest because he says, how can you do this? How can... President Biden and the Biden administration actually send Haitians back to Haiti when the conditions there are just absolutely dreadful and hideous. But here's the problem is these illegals, these Haitians, they're in the country illegally. They cannot just stay in the United States indefinitely. I mean, as it is. And by the way, they're spreading COVID. But that's even that's a separate thing. And uh, Jen Psaki had no defense for that at all. But like it doesn't work like, yeah, we feel terrible. Again, I don't want to come across as cruel and heartless. My heart goes out to them. I feel enormous, enormous, enormous sense of compassion and empathy because what they're going through just must be so, so unspeakably painful you know, to live in Haiti. And, and you feel bad for them. And, and, and hopefully we come up with some way, get together with the U.N., get together with other countries in Europe and figure out a way to deal with this crisis. But you can't just let them cross the border in droves. And meanwhile, you're turning so many other people away. But, oh, you know what? The Haitians, we feel so bad for them. So we're just going to let them come across the border illegally and stay indefinitely. It simply doesn't work. So I have in my notes here, maybe it was Ayanna Presley, but either way, you know, she said they're people of color. So essentially you cannot you cannot enforce the law or you're a racist because you're you're deporting people of color. So you have the left now turning on Biden and accusing him of being the racist. So remember, Biden launched his campaign. Remember his initial campaign when he ran announced that he was running in the primaries and he announced it. he literally in his commercial or in his ad, he used Charlottesville. He used Charlottesville. He twisted around and, and Trump's words more than that. He misquoted Trump and lied and claimed that Trump was somehow saying that neo-Nazis and white supremacists were the good guys. And of course, many, many, many people, many Democrats have advanced that fake narrative claiming, literally misquoting Trump and lying about Trump's words and claiming that he somehow um, praised the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists in Charlottesville. Never, never, ever did that happen, as we've told you many times. So now it's coming back to bite Biden. He's getting that, see, Trump, he deports uh, illegals at the border. He's a racist, right? Well, now Biden is actually getting that same treatment. Well, Biden spent so many years accusing Trump of being a racist and a xenophobe and not just, you know, it was it was Trump's COVID policies and it was Trump's uh, border policies and everything else. Meanwhile, Al Sharpton, so it's so poetic and so it's so, so, so pleasing and satisfying to see Biden 
you know, uh, get, get the same sort of treatment that he, the exact same treatment that he and the Democrats gave to Trump, where he has legitimate, not only legitimate policies, he's actually fulfilling his duty as president. Again, whoever's controlling Biden, because we know it's not Biden doing this himself. And that's actually their duty is to secure the border. So it, it's not only something that they are allowed to do, it's something that they are obligated to do by by virtue of the Constitution, believe it or not. Meanwhile, Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton, who loves race baiting and loves to you know accuse anybody of racism, including Democrats, of course, he went and he loves a good publicity, uh, you know, good good op, good good photo op, which which he thought this was. So he went down to Del Rio, Texas, to protest against the racist policies of deporting these Haitians. And Sharpton actually got shouted down. He was booed and shouted down by crowds in Texas, and they basically told him to go home. And Sharpton is a total phony because he's the biggest racist of them all, and he's a, a big anti-Semite as well. Um, by the way, so as I mentioned, they don't require COVID tests. So they are releasing thousands and thousands of illegals around the country, the Biden administration. They've admitted this. And um, unless they show symptoms, they don't, act, they don't have to take COVID tests. So Biden is essentially, and they're not vaccinated. So Biden is spreading COVID around the country. Look at this hypocrisy here where, you know, you can't go into a restaurant in New York City right now um, or into basically any indoor activity in New York City without showing a vaccine passport. But, but then Biden is actually depositing Haitian migrants who are not vaccinated, who may have COVID, not even testing them, depositing them in cities around the country. I mean, so talk about spreading COVID. And then he goes and lectures us about COVID and about getting vaccinated. Um, meanwhile, they're banning horses. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. They're actually banning horses now um, until further notice from the Del Rio, Texas border, because there's this fake news story claiming that these border patrol agents on horses were using whips and were actually whipping the Haitian migrants. It's not true. The story has pretty much been debunked. They don't have whips, but um, but they were on horse and they were accused of using whips. Why do you ban the whips? Why do you ban the horses? Because they don't actually have whips. I'm sorry, why do they ban the horses, not the whips? I don't know if that's what I said just before, because they don't have whips. They, don't, they have horses, but no whips. So this is like the Democrats. They can never quite figure it out. Well, let's ban guns. Well, but guns, millions and millions of people own guns and they're the good guys and they don't do anything bad with the guns. So why don't you ban criminals instead of banning guns? No, let's ban the guns. Okay, but the guns aren't the ones that are doing the bad stuff. Well, horses, let's ban horses. Well, why don't you get rid of whips? Because we can't find the whips. But we know there are whips because some leftist group claimed false, falsely that um, Border Patrol is whipping Haitians. And it simply isn't true. And it's giving Border Patrol a bad name and they're getting very frustrated. So um, let me give you the details over here. Um, the, 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 there was this video going around social media, supposedly, of Border Patrol agents whipping and even if they did, by the way, which they did not, what did the horses do? Why are you banning the horses? I mean, it just it makes absolutely no sense. But um, accusing Border Patrol agents of whipping Haitian migrants and whipping migrants. Um, but it, it turns out what it actually is is it's the reins of their horses. They Apparently they cut, instead of having one rein that goes across, for, for various reasons, as we're about to explain, they have two separate reins. It looks like a whip, but it's actually what they do is they use it to kind of whip the horse, but not whip the horse. Whip the horse kind of like a jockey, like a horseback rider. You're not actually hurting the horse, presumably. You know, you're just lightly whipping the horse, and they're actually doing it, you know, I believe to, um, well, we'll explain. But, uh, but but that's what this was. But, of course, the, 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 the narrative by the left was, oh, they're whipping these migrants, so we have to now ban horses, and now Border Patrol agents can't be on horseback anymore, for at least for the time being, according to Biden. So you have the... the um, National Border Patrol Council Vice President, which is a big union of these Border Patrol agents, Art Del Cueto, 
he pushed back on Fox News. He defended the Border Patrol agents and pushed back on the mainstream media claims of agents whipping migrants. Um, In an interview, he explained that they don't have whips and the techniques they're using are to protect the agent and the horse. Here's what he said, quote, they're not whipping anyone. They don't carry whips. They don't get assigned whips. What they do is a training technique that's been shown to them to make sure no one takes over their horse. It's to protect the horse, protect the rider, protect the individual trying to cause chaos and knock down the rider from the horse. So they twirl the reins to protect everything and make sure everything is done correctly. Nobody's getting whipped. Some members of the media are pushing that narrative, and our agency and our administration is not helping by, by not saying something about it. Well, they did say something about it. They not only believed it, the Biden administration, but they're banning horses right now while they investigate the matter. I mean, it really is outrageous. So um, a a teacher used the N-word, a teacher I believe in Colorado, a teacher somewhere used the N-word, and now they're calling, this is a story in The Blaze, they're calling for the, 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 the media and the leftists are calling for this teacher to be fired. But here's the ultimate irony is that Joe Biden did the exact same thing. Is this amazing? The teacher used the N-word. So, the, you know, you first see that headline, oh, the teacher used the N-word. Wow, what a racist. How could anybody use it? It's it's just even if they used to use it years ago, nowadays it really, really has taken on this just uh, horrific s- significance, which I, I agree with. But here's the problem. The teacher didn't do anything wrong. The teacher used the N-word. The context was the teacher was listing words that have been used by racists in the past to harm people, harmful racist words. So you got to list. I mean, that's like one of the number one words, obviously, the N-word. You got to list the N-word. So the teacher didn't do anything wrong. The teacher said the word in a context of this is a very bad word. I'm teaching my students facts. I'm teaching my students history. But of course, the left likes to rewrite history and ignore history and twist around history. Right. So that that was the context. Now, amazingly, in 1985, there's a video of Joe Biden using the N word repeatedly in the Senate during a Senate hearing. But he was quoting somebody. He wasn't using it himself. He was quoting somebody. Well, what's the difference? This teacher was also quoting. She was quoting racist and saying this is a bad thing. Kids, boys and girls, don't do this. Don't use this word because it's a terrible word. Here's the word. That's exactly what Biden was doing. Biden was quoting some kind of Senate hearing. He was quoting the N word repeatedly. And, you know, it's funny during this came out during the campaign. Last year, this, this 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 video came out, this clip of Biden. I didn't even report it. I said, you know what? Because a lot of conservatives in the media, they were making a big issue out of it. Oh, Biden's a racist. Biden used the N-word. And I said, you know what? It's a little misleading because I, I don't really think – I think Biden may be like a subtle racist, but I don't think Biden would, would actually use the N-word. I have no idea. But this video doesn't tell me he would use the N-word because he was using it in a context that's okay. So I didn't want to like make a big issue out of it. And yet here we go where – you don't say anything about it then, and now the left attacks a teacher, and the teacher did the exact same thing. And, oh, by the way, the president of the United States, well, we know now the president's a racist because Ayanna Presley said the president's a racist because he's deporting Haitians. So I guess it all makes sense now that he was using the N-word back in 1985. Oh, so much to get to. It's going to have to wait until next time. But I'll give you one more story over here. The New York Times reported a fake news story about ivermectin, and it does not seem like they retracted it. This is an egregious story, this mistake the New York Times made. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that it was a mistake, but it was an egregious mistake. And uh, and I don't believe if they did retract it, they buried it so nobody could find it. But uh, I don't even think they retracted it. But it's a horrible, horrible mistake here where ivermectin, ivermectin is a drug. It's it's used to treat parasites, I believe. And it's used for humans and it's used for animals it's like horses and maybe cows for livestock. They use ivermectin to treat their you know stomach parasites and, and it's used for humans. I guess there's a different version for animals and for humans. And basically, there's this belief out there, and I'm not giving you medical advice. Speak to your doctor, but there is a belief out there and maybe even some data. I don't know. Do your own research. I, I try very hard to avoid, you know, giving medical advice, as you know. But um, there's a belief out there that ivermectin helps treat COVID and maybe prevent COVID or treat COVID. So a lot of people are using ivermectin. 
you know, especially a lot of conservatives, I believe. So, you know, it became like left versus right. Now, it's a medical issue, so why would it be left versus right? But that's how, how wacky things have become. So basically, the New York Times reports that, you know, they make fun of these people using ivermectin. And uh, I guess the CDC put out some kind of statement against ivermectin. But either way, the New York Times said that there was a big spike in calls to the Poison Control Center in Mississippi. Mississippi, there was a spike in calls to the Poison Control Center. People calling after using ivermectin, and they were using the animal version, not the human version, something along those lines. So um, so essentially, uh, essentially, the New York Times says there's been this big spike because people are using ivermectin. And uh, I guess they weren't using it under proper medical guidance or whatever. So they're calling the poison control center and, and asking if they've been poisoned by ivermectin. Okay, fine. Here's the problem. The problem is the New York Times reported that 70% of the calls to the poison control center in Mississippi were, 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 were involved ivermectin, involved ivermectin overdose or using the wrong version of ivermectin, the animal version of ivermectin. 70% of the calls. 77 out of 10 calls, it, it, it's, it's absurd. It's an absurd number. It didn't make any sense. And it turns out that it's fake news. It's actually 2%. So essentially, the New York Times did get it right that there was a major spike in calls to the Poison Control Center relating to ivermectin. And they were using that to make fun of you know conservatives who use ivermectin as a way to treat COVID. But the problem, which is not true, by the way, just because people were taking it wrong doesn't mean that it doesn't help. But the pr- problem is the Times then says 70% of the calls to the Poison Control Center in Mississippi involved ivermectin and, and, and overdosing on ivermectin, and that's not true at all. It was actually 2%, 2%, not 70% is an absurd number. You think of the whole state of Mississippi, you think 7 out of 10 calls involve ivermectin? No, it was 2 out of 100 calls. 98 out of 100 calls were not involving ivermectin. So where and, and the New York Times, they never retracted that. That was literally a fake news story, that part of it. Now, where they did get mixed up is that uh, the 70% number was mentioned, but in a totally different context. As I said, it, it, the number about doubled. It was about 1% uh, of calls to the Poison Control Center about ivermectin, and, and then it spiked to 2%. You know, when people started getting into ivermectin for COVID, it spiked from 1% to 2%. So it nearly doubled. Okay, fine. It's still only 2%. Where do they get 70%? Because 70% of the calls involved about ivermectin, of the 2% of ivermectin calls, 70% of those calls, 7 out of 10 of those calls involved the animal version of ivermectin, not the human version, which means that people essentially were getting their hands somehow on the on the, on the the livestock version of ivermectin, which is why they were calling poison control, because they were worried that they shouldn't be taking that version of the drug, which certainly makes a lot of sense. But but that, that was the 70%. It was, only, it was only 2% total of the calls involved ivermectin, but of those, 70% involved the animal ivermectin and, and, and 30% involved the human ivermectin. But, you know, so the New York Times basically one day re- decided to report that because of this ivermectin craze by people on the right, 70% of calls to the Mississippi Poison Control Center were regarded related to ivermectin. Totally not true. The New York Times, as far as we could tell, did not retract. But it's like, how did they even let that story, I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense. Like, the fact that they even allowed that story to get published to begin with shows you somebody there is asleep at the switch and not paying attention. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.